What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's hitting the high notes. Jazz talk. It is. I am here. It is at Hootran Superman. That's at H U U T R A N Superman um, uh, on the Twitterverse and the IG. I will apologize. My microphone is not working, so my audio quality is going to be kind of crap today. Uh, so I'm sorry about that. Um, but we're bringing on. Um, uh, he is the Squatches of Dragons, Mr. Dragon Squash Logan. What's up, man? I'm good. Uh, yeah, just on the Twitter, not the IG or anywhere else. I made the unfortunate mistake a few minutes ago of putting Trump in a tweet, and I'm now feeling the repercussions of that. So yeah, <laughs> I was I was going to, I was going to try to you know make a Kevin Durant reference to DMs, but you know sometimes these things write themselves. So I should did do a good one yesterday. It was pretty solid. I, I was proud of myself. Yeah, uh, who is it? Jazz fan, something Dan man, Jazz Dan fan. I just, I just know him as Dan. Yeah. Yeah, Dan. I, I, can, I can see his face right now. Yeah, Dan speaks up. What's your biggest fears or whatever? And uh, Dragon Squash there retweeted him uh, having Kevin Durant slide in my DMs and very topical. <laughs> so that's why he's on the pod. Um, Logan, I'm so glad that you're here. You you missed all last week because you know you're a busy man. Life gets in the way. Uh, but I was, I'm so glad that you were able to clear your schedule because, uh, we brought a subject that you love talking about. You'd love, you love talking about laundry. You love talking about jazz uniforms. So we had to have the <laughs> one and only jazz uni tracker, jazz uni tracker. You are, you are on the high notes. Welcome. Hey, thanks guys. I appreciate it. Happy to be on. Oh, we're happy to have you on. Like I'm, uh, uh, Blue Edwards wanted to be on the podcast tonight, but, um, <laughs> told him like hey sorry blue we like we'd love to have you but we already have uni tracker on and um uh, uh there are two jazz unis that are are, are very famous it's a uh, uni kim and jazz uni tracker and um <laughs> and so, oh yeah uni's probably a little more famous than me but yeah little, yeah tell but, blue hey this this spot's been reserved for sure right so but yeah in our <laughs> list of dream guests it, it went uni kim Uni Tracker and then Blue Edwards, so that's something. I'll take that. I'll take. Yeah, I'll take. I thought, it it was Anna, I thought it was Anna Kendrick and then Blue Edwards. Anna Kendrick is my <laughs> personal. Anna Kendrick, I will interview myself. <laughs> like, like, I'm like, yeah. Like, I'll throw you on whatever feed, Anna. Um, uh, you know, you can play cups or do whatever you want. So, uh, you know, let's get to it. There's a lot of jazz news that we have to get to. Um, the jazz. We're recording this Wednesday night. The Jazz. Um, uh, fresh. Off of victory, um, uh, getting their third victory over the Memphis Grizzlies in, what, like six days or whatever. Uh, shout out to Bernard Joff for um, uh, uh, coming on and talking to us about the Memphis Jazz Series. A good game, uh, the Jazz without Donovan Mitchell for uh, reasons that a lot of people are speculating about. Um, I kind of, I don't know if I made the joke or not about the birds and the planes, but um, I think we, we got sidetracked by Trump. But Logan... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, so after all the, 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 you know, not not just like the travel issues, but like even just traveling for one away game to Memphis, which is kind of a long flight anyway, um, how impressive is about this Jazz win uh, in, a, in a hard-fought, you know, Ryan City-type win? Well, isn't, isn't the term, like, it's hard to be the same team twice? It's one of our generic can phrases, so uh-huh. to, to beat a team three times feels nearly impossible, so... No, I mean I, I say that tongue in cheek, but I think I think Memphis is a good team. I think that the they their announcers had an interesting little uh, stretch in their commentary tonight where they were talking about their record in the last X amount of games, and they're like the only games they have lost is to the Jazz, so that's unfortunate. It's been three of them, but I, I mean I think I think Memphis is a good team and they play this well. Um, I I was most impressed um, honestly with uh, game two, the second game after it was so close, and I came out and really just kind of stomped them like we've talked about before. We want to see the Jazz learning lessons. 
and not making the mistakes of teams of the past and coming out in the second game and really just throttling them felt to me like they learned from their first mistake. And, and tonight all bets were off. I thought it was house money, um, not just with the travel issues, okay. but seeing this team for the third time. It, it, they are a really good team. And, and we, we saw the Jazz weren't able to you know close out that final third win against a lot of these other teams. They got the first two on, like, New Orleans and the rest of them. So I thought it was a it was a good win. It was a close win, and it was uh, shorthanded. It was a chance for hopefully Bogey and uh, Clarkson to you know maybe get back on track and get, get up some more shots. So it's uh, nothing but positive from my perspective. Right, the, and uh, UniTracker. Um, I mean, same question. Like I'm, uh, you know, again, three big wins against. Uh, I think Memphis is a good team. I mean, if you're if you're in the top ten in the West, I think you're a good team just because like you're sure, in that mode, right? Uh, it was like the, a good team three times and and basically in a row with a with a little Cavs speed bump, like not not even a very small speed bump. J- JV, JV scrimmage. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah, I, I love where the team's at right now. I mean, obviously, it's, you know, seven wins in a row, and and like Logan said, to beat a team three times is is tough, you know, in in any league really. So, uh, and especially to do it in Memphis, I was really proud of uh, Mike Conley and how he played tonight. I know that. I, is it his second time back to Memphis or maybe he second went? Time. Yep. Yeah. And like, I know the first, first game back, he wasn't great. And so I really wanted him to, you know, show out tonight. And obviously with Donovan out, he had the chance to do that. And he did. And I loved, you know, watching him down the stretch, just control the pace of the game. And really, it, it felt like it was close for a little bit, but I always felt like it was in control. For our um, loyal listeners, they've heard me say this, like, I think this jazz team is different. And yep. what I mean by that is this, like this game right here is kind of the catalyst of that because um, this Jazz team I, I think is an elite team. Uh, we haven't had a team like this in, in decades, um, and by that I mean because the Jazz you're supposed to go out there and you're supposed to beat good teams, whether it's two in a row, three in a row. Um, you're supposed to win these games. And you, you know, you know, likes to say same old Jazz, and this is like the same old Jazz team from the last few years. You would expect the Jazz to lose at least one of these games. You would expect yep. them to yep. lose one of these games, and the Jazz got a win. Like tonight, like, you know, Logan said it, house money, right? Um, like, you know, they, they had a lot of reasons they could have lost. Um, but they went out there and they they fought. I mean, it was not an easy game, but they fought back at, or fought to the end and then um, closed it out. Like, they closed out this game. They they, they could have said, yeah, we're, we're fine with losing this game. It, it wouldn't have hurt in the long run, just one game in the, in the season. But they went and got a sweep. So, um it's, it's impressive. This this team does feel like it's uh, built a little different. Is it um, fair? Is, is, yeah, as I was to say, is, is it fair to say they're built different? Is that the kids are saying these days? Yeah, <laughs> they're, they're just built different. Oh, they're definitely built yeah. different. I think. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, so, Jazz Union Tracker, don't let me end the podcast without um. Uh, you know, let's talk about it right now. Let's talk about like the Unicom. Like, I think Hema tweeted out, or somebody. I, I'm pretty sure it was Hema tweeted out that he thinks the Jazz Memphis Uni combinations are the best in the league. Like, um, when they play each other, it's very aesthetically pleasing. Uh, we had the same thing last year when we got the the teal Memphis Grizzlies yeah. versus Mountain Jazz. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Do you, do you think this is the best Jazz um, uh, uniform co- combination with uh, Memphis? Oh yeah, we've had some really good ones. Obviously, they you know they brought back the classic jerseys that they wore uh, tonight, and even their city edition that they brought out a couple games ago. It's just really good looking, and it always goes well with you know the Jazz colors. And I think last year, even uh, like you mentioned, the two classic jerseys going you know head to head, that really got a lot of buzz around like the NBA. If <laughs> if you follow a lot of like uniform kind of guys, there's like uni watch and a few others that they really care about that kind of stuff and and obviously i do as well but to see you know 
the classic editions from last year get all that hype was pretty cool. Um, and there was a lot of even head to head, like who has the better classic uniform and between Toronto, Memphis and Utah from the nineties. I mean, I think you, you nail all three of them right there. Yeah. Uh, Logan, um, hashtag jazz uni co-op. <laughs> yeah. I, 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 I think I made the mistake one time of saying that I was, uh, a sex, a Jersey sexual. Um, so, uh, it, but, that, but that's, that's what makes things work is you gotta have the opposite ends of the spectrum here. But no, I mean, I, I think, I think what watching the Memphis games, these last, these last three is, I don't know if there's a team, at least from my perspective that needs to go back to the old uniform style more than Memphis does. Cause they're, Normal regular combination to me is just is just terrible. Blue and blue and yellow is not awesome, especially when you see the stuff they trot out now. I don't I don't know. I, I'm a I'm a fan of the Bryant Reeves, Sharif Abdul-Rahim <laughs> era stuff. So. You don't like, like the Beale Street blue? Nah, not not a huge fan. No, I'm not. not a huge Logan fan. even tweeted out that he liked the Memphis Grizzlies uh, jerseys, like from either one of the games they played uh, the back to back. So like I was, I was like, oh, Logan tweeting about jerseys. Uh, but I know. I was like, the time is changing. It was the same ones they were wearing tonight. It was, it's these black ones that they've got on. And I think that what was the what were the black ones they wore on the second night? Like the Isaac Hayes or something? Is that what those ones are? They've got so uh, Isaac Hayes. The ones they wore were the classic ones, and then they had the city edition was I think game two. So they they went classic city and then classic in our, our three game series. Yeah. So. And, and wasn't one of those inspired by one of them like high, one of them was inspired by some is it inspired by Isaac Hayes or am I missing there? I've got the name wrong. I could be very wrong. That sounds I, familiar, but Ike Austin. I'm not. Ike Austin. Sorry. <laughs> Ike Austin. It's Ike absolutely Austin. inspired by jazz great Ike Austin. Yeah. <laughs> James Posey editions. The James, um, <laughs> James Posey gets a lot of shout out on this on this on this more, more than he should. Uh, yeah, uh, G on on Twitter told me that he's got the James Posey has a podcast. Posey pod, so, right? Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. yeah. Um, I saw I saw that thread. Uh, <laughs> I I was joking around with Logan because like. I mistakenly got into a Twitter thread that I did not want to get into, and I, then I involved Logan, and then I was like, oh boy, now we're stuck in this thread for a while while people just <laughs> each other. I'm like, nope, that was a mistake. So I'm yeah. trying to stay on Mike, that. Mike Malone v. King Snyder. <laughs> uh, oh, yeah, you got to be careful where you stick your, your tweets uh, when dealing with uh, Mike right. Malone and any Denver fans. Well, even worse when you respond to a thread that's got McCade in it, so... <laughs> uh, it was it was Utah versus Utah fans. It was even Denver fans. Oh, okay. Yeah, I missed that, that one. That, that was a mistake. Uh, I made a huge mistake. So, um, yeah. So the Jazz are uh, looking really good. Uh, Uni Tracker, what are you like? Okay, so I'm gonna be a little bit honest here. I'm kind of tired of the regular season. I'm not like you know what. I've seen what I need to see. I think. Unfortunately, all these prove it games against the top teams, the Jazz haven't really. We haven't had the Jazz haven't had a full Nets team, didn't play a full 76ers team, are on track to maybe not play a full Lakers team. Um, then they beat a Clippers team, not a full strength, uh, later in the season. Um, how do you feel? Like, I mean, are, are you at the point where you're like, all right, these wins are nice, but um, are you are you at the point where, like, you know, you just want to get to the playoffs now to kind of see how the Jazz match up against the, the best of the best? Yeah, I I feel like I mean what there's 25 games left. I mean we're we're really almost in the home stretch here, and a lot of them are at home, obviously. So I think seeding is is going to be crucial for us, and I think more than you know where the Jazz end up, it's going to be what side of the bracket. You know, you talk about some of these uh, LA teams or or uh, you know Phoenix, Denver. I'm really interested to see how this whole thing shakes out in the West. I mean, 
I mean, I'm not going to say it's a guarantee the Jazz are going to be the one seed, but it looks like that. I mean, we have, what, a four-game lead uh, over the, the two seed right now, the second spot. So, And they're playing great. Um, I think we have the longest win streak in the league, if I'm, if I'm correct, seven games. So I just want to see how the rest of the West shakes out. And, and uh, like, I, like you said, I'm, I kind of want to get started. Let's, let's get down to it. Logan, is there anything else that you're looking forward to in the last, like, you know, what, what 25 games or so now um, uh, the Jazz have um, that you want to see before the playoffs? Or, like, uh, like I, I, for me, it's like uh, I don't want injuries. I don't want uh, – I just don't know what the Jazz have to prove anymore by beating teams like the, like the Grizzlies. You know, beating them three times in a, in a row basically is nice, but also doesn't show me anything, I guess. Yeah, for this group, I think that they've they've bounced back and shown the stuff we want to see. So I, I don't think there's a whole lot of prove me left. I mean, you know, I mean, what's the best way to say this? I think like they they had that rough stretch around the All Star game. They seem to have bounced back since then, and that was is what I was curious to see. And they seem to be answering the call kind of continually mm-hmm. with these with these like we said, the old Jazz versus this this group, the the built different Jazz. Um, but I mean, I, I there's still a couple games left. The Lakers one I think are going to be a, a waste because you're not going to see the full team. But I do. We've got one more with Denver, I think, right? One more with Denver, uh, two so more with Den- Phoenix, two more with Portland. And, and those are the three, right? Uh, I'm not, no, forget Portland. Um, the other, uh, <laughs> I had to edit myself, save who some time from scratching his notepad. Um, the, <laughs> the uh, no, I, I would definitely, I definitely want to see the one more with Denver, and I think the two Phoenix ones will be um, interesting, telling. So outside those three games, I'm, I'm kind of where you guys are. I'm just ready to get this thing started and just, just go, just go. Yeah, that um, Phoenix game next week is going to be exciting. Right. Sure. Oh, there's, there's one next week? Okay, good. Is it two in a row with Phoenix? Um, no, they got Phoenix on the 7th, and then I think they don't play them again until uh, the 30th of April. So oh, they got some time in between, so. but yeah. Yeah, that, that's going to come down to, um, uh, it could, could be for home court advantage. Um, the Phoenix is a little bit behind the Jazz, but hey, where, where do things have happened? So Never know, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Phoenix does have a hard schedule, though. According to that's, the people that, I follow, that's what I, that's what I've heard, and then I keep seeing them play these trash teams every single night. And I was I was actually thinking the same thing, like when do they get their hard schedule? Like when's that coming? <laughs> um, but what, I mean, what do you guys think? I was thinking about this yesterday, though, for talking about scheduling. Um, I mean, I, I do like the fact that we obviously got the the, the heavy lifting out the first half of the season. It seems like so. I mean, our first half schedule was 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 pretty rough. So it's nice to I don't know, maybe be on cruise control for the second half, perhaps. It's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a change for us as Jazz fans. Usually we're trying to make up for a terrible first half. Mm-hmm. It's yep. a completely different mindset to be in now. Yeah. Uh, Jazz, what, what do you feel like? Because, like, you know, theoretically, or what we've seen people, like, do their spreadsheets and stuff, bunch of nerds. Um, <laughs> I, I, I do like the nerds. But, uh, yeah, Dan Clayton, he's such a nerd, right? <laughs> uh, but um, uh, they put out, like, um, a straight schedule, like, so the Jazz – have the easiest straight to schedule left. So I, I guess that to me is why I'm like, Ugh. like, even though I think Memphis is a good team, they're not a team that I'm personally worried about in the playoffs. If the Jazz got a playoff series with the Jazz, with the with the uh, Grizzlies, I would not personally be worried about that too much. Like, I think the Jazz can beat the Grizzlies in a seven game series 99 out of 100 times. Um, so that's why to me, like, the second half doesn't mean that much because like there's there's only what you know, we talked about three to five games that look important right um so a lot can go wrong for the jazz in the second half if they start losing some of these easy games so uh sure. i think just a different pressure so like yeah so to logan's question how do you feel about the schedule being easy for the jazz easy in quotes for the jazz and hard for some other teams yeah i mean 
kind of like you were alluding to, I mean, you, you never want to kind of get lax or get, you know, um, and Quinn obviously is going to have the guys prepared for every single night. That's just kind of the DNA of our team. But, you know, you look, I'm looking at the schedule now. I mean, we have lots of home games. Uh, obviously, they, they play great at home. Uh, and, and you look at some of these even away games, we play the Lakers back to back at Staples. I mean, they're not going to be full strength. I mean, you, you want to say that we could, if, as long as we stay locked in, we could probably cruise, you know, um, to where you know, we, we might have a, a stranglehold on, on, the one, on the one seed, you know, when it comes down to it. And maybe we'll be able to rest some guys. I think staying healthy, like you mentioned, who that's going to be crucial. Like if we if we sustain a big injury like Gobert or, you know, uh, Donovan, obviously, or even one of our other guys like Joe, like that could really hurt us down the stretch. So I think staying healthy as we kind of roll into the playoffs is, is going to be a, a huge key. Um, yeah, the schedule is weird. Like the Jazz are very rarely in this position. I don't know the last two, what, nine, like the mid-90s where the Jazz um, uh, start the second half of the season as like the, the, the team that people were chasing. Like mm-hmm. even like the 07 team, right? Was was ever in this position? So um, it is um uh, it is interesting, but um you know I mean we'll see. Again, it started to, as Owen said earlier in the season, the Jazz are kind of boring to watch. And um, anyway, hey, I'm Mark, and this is Doug. What's up? And we're co-hosts of a weekly podcast on the Utah Jazz called Twos and Threes. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get podcasts on your feed every Monday morning. Mark's my big brother, and you could say this podcast is a family affair, but really we think of the jazz and jazz nation as our family. So we'd love for you to participate with us to listen, and really, let's do this together. Go jazz. Go jazz. Be our family. Boom. Hi, I'm McCoy. Hi, I'm Emily. And we're the Jazzy Gals. If you're looking for in-depth Utah Jazz basketball analysis, this ain't it. (laughs) But if you are looking to discuss how great Rudy's beard looked this week, Jazz Twitter crushes, or other fun pop culture things, you have come to the right place. That's right, and you can find us wherever you get your podcasts. And also on Twitter at JazzGalsPod. Go Jazz! Go Jazz! I think another thing too, I'll just add one more point onto this that, you know, like you said, who like we, we had home court advantage was that 97, 98 season. And literally like we were the best team in the league home court over, over even Chicago in the finals. And I mean, that's only happened one other time and down the stretch. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm just kind of hoping obviously like most jazz fans are that we can get all the way that far, but imagine having home court, regardless of who we play i think that's a huge advantage especially with you know we're getting more fans into the arena and maybe by june you know may june there there'll be half maybe full capacity i don't know maybe i can dream right i'd love to see a, a full vivid smart home arena come may and june actually we talked to somebody it's now just vivid arena they took the smart home out of it which is kind oh, of nice. just vivid arena okay yeah just it's, um, it's officially vivid arena even though it says smart home okay. on the outside of the of the stadium right now okay, um, noted yeah, take note. Um, yeah, Delta, like, uh, Delta Energy Vivint Arena. <laughs> I still call it the Delta Center sometimes. So. Yeah, that's, that's, that's still my default is Delta Center, which is really weird after all the years and Delta tried to take them down a few days ago. Yeah. So Ryan Smith is, um, you know, it's going to be Qualtrics Arena one day. One day. Um, so uh, with that, yeah, like you mentioned the home court advantage because 
I mean, as we see uh, restrictions being lifted and not lifted in certain places, we talked about this before. Uh, you know, the Jazz fans are allowed 6,500-ish in the building right now. Uh, and maybe in two months, they can, might have a full stadium. Um, and like, some places like California, uh, I, you know, I even asked, I asked Bernard John the last episode, like, how many Memphis fans are allowed in? Mm-hmm. He said about 2,500. So, yeah, like, um, it's, it's going to be a little crazy to see that in the playoffs. And, yeah, again, that could be a big difference um, uh, when it comes out to the playoff series. Uh, but that's what I want, I want well, to get yeah, because uh, yeah, because I, I don't think that Philadelphia's letting anyone in yet either, or like New Jersey, correct? They're close. I think Philadelphia. I mean Brooklyn. Sorry, either. calling New Jersey. Good minutes. Carrie Kittle. Carrie <laughs> Kittle's Carrie <laughs> Kittle's walking through that door. Keith Van Horn. Um, but uh, yeah, I think Philadelphia started. Boston started. Um, uh, those uh, there's like twenty or twenty two. So there's only there's only like eight teams left that are holding out. Um, and I want to say it's like the three or four. California teams and then some others, but uh, Utah was definitely one of the first ones, so they're you know ramping up obviously. Um, but as far as playoff, like this is very early, and I, I normally don't like to do this, but um, because I, but it's, it's really weird right now. The, the Nuggets got better after we'll talk some trade deadline stuff real quick. Um, the Denver got Nuggets got better question mark because I'm. Like Denver Nuggets were one of the teams that I thought the Jazz didn't match up very well with before the trade. So for me, I'm not that much more scared of the Nuggets than I was, before, you know, after the acquisition of Aaron Gordon. Um, I'm actually interested to see what happens now because Gary Harris was somebody that gave the Jazz fits when he came back in the bubble last year. Um, Logan, what do you, how do you feel about that? Aaron Gordon went to Nuggets after the trade deadline. Um, and a lot of people were, were a lot more scared. Where where is your fear level about the Nuggets? Uh, I mean, with the, the Nuggets are so weird because I don't want to I don't want to walk that line. You know how I feel about the folks who just assume that because we missed a shot that we actually beat the Clippers last year in the playoffs too by proxy. Yep. Um, so I don't I don't <laughs> like to go that far, but I, I think it was pretty clear that, that the separation between the two teams wasn't huge last year. Um, you know, I think it's fair to say it could have gone either way, and I think that. Honestly, if the Jazz could have just pulled it out, they I mean, they just would have done a, a couple things here and there. They would have pulled that series out, but it didn't happen. So there's also something to be said for that. But, I mean, this year, it doesn't seem like it's the same thing. The Jazz, this isn't the Jazz of old. And I think that it does make Denver better. It doesn't put fear in me necessarily. I think, I think it just gets Denver closer to where they were last year. Um, I think the Jeremy Grant loss was greater than they anticipated. And I think that uh, not does won't do all the same things that Jeremy Grant does, but a similar role being filled. Um, so I think it makes the Nuggets better, and I think I, I think it gets the Nuggets closer to where they were last year because this year they've been all over the board. So mm-hmm. um, doesn't scare me. I, I was just more jealous than anything. It wasn't really fear inducing. It was more just jealousy. So right. those, that was um, that was my feeling. Um, I mean, uh, how about you, Uni Tracker? I'm uh, like the Jazz Nuggets. Uh, like I've heard that. Well, I've speculated that the Nuggets are just an awful matchup for the Jazz, uh, mostly because of Jokic, um, and that again for me hasn't changed. But um, what about you, man? Yeah, I kind of agree with Logan. He kind of took the words out of my mouth. The you know getting Aaron Gordon to kind of supplant you know that Jeremy Grant role um, kind of puts them back to where I think they were. You know, you know last year, obviously they they beat us in that series, and then they beat uh, the Clippers. So. I mean, they're not a team that we can just kind of shrug off. Like they're they're super talented. Like you mentioned, Jokic, he's you know arguably the MVP of the league right now. So we have to take him seriously. I mean, I personally, if I was if I was a player on the Jazz and they said, hey, you get to we get to match up with Denver again, I, I would want that. 
you know, I would want the chance to, to go and beat those guys after what happened last year. I, I kind of had our hearts ripped out and, you know, I'd want to, I'd want that series as a, as a jazz player. So we'll see how it shakes out. But um, if we get to meet Denver again, I'd be, be pretty exciting series. And there's a certain irony here that like pre all-star break, maybe you know, a month and a half ago, um, the jazz were, you know, it was really, it was incredibly important for the jazz to get the number one seed so they can avoid the Lakers and the Clippers who are going to be two and three. And now, you know, the top six is really in flux, you know, because the, the Blazers, I know Logan is them uh, on the, you know, beat the Blazers, uh, beep, B-E-E-P. <laughs> beep the Blazers. I just, think, I, I just think we should hate them more. I just think we give too. Right. And I trust me, I'm, I, I, I love Dame too. I'm a, I'm a Weber State alum, so I love Dame, but we need to hate him, you know, when we're playing him. Right. That's all I'm saying. There's not a page. So is Lo- Logan, is your new podcast called Hashim Tabit? The Blazers. Ooh, there you go. I like that. Very <laughs> nice. That's very good. Yeah. That's very uh, good. So yeah, the, Bla- the Blazers got um, somebody who looks like he's going to make them better uh, in Nor- Norman Powell. So they're scary. I mean, they're a team that's like, you know, it's it's hard to like understand. It's like it's like Dame. Like Dame is like to me, he's always in that like he's not quite in that elite status of player, but he's also better than almost everyone below him. So like he's always so the Blazers are kind of in that tier too. Like. You know, I don't know if they're I don't know if they're elite, but they're also like probably better than the Mavericks, the uh, Warriors, the the uh, Grizzlies. You know, like all those other ones. I just don't know if they're better. Timberwolves. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, and they're getting healthy too. I mean, once they get Nurkic back, I mean, he's he's a pretty good post player, and he he can score. He can do a lot of things for them. So I think with picking up Powell, they kind of have their own. Version of Jordan Clarkson, that guy can really fill it up. So yeah, do, do, do they get Zach Collins back this year? What's the deal with him? He seems like he's been sitting there in turtlenecks and doing his best <laughs> rock good. impression. Yeah, you know, rock impersonation for a while. Yeah, he's been hurt a lot. Like you know, we'll have to look up, yeah. but yeah. Um, uh, and they they have Ennis too. Like Ennis, um, uh, that you know, Ennis is such a weird player because like when he's on your team, like he does enough good things that you really like him on your team, but then. In like the clutch situations, like you remember why you can't have him there because his defense is just really bad. That, um, and again, this is not bogey hate, folks. Um, so if people come at me for, like, it's kind of like bogey. Like bogey does a lot of good things offensively, but sometimes he just gives it right back on defense, right? So mm-hmm. um, there's you know those are problems that like Ennis has been played off uh, of playoff teams before, and so you know. This is one that he has a really good set of skills. He just doesn't have the other set of skills. Um, so yeah, Portland's sort of you know like it's a wild. I, I see they're a wild card, um, and we know the Lakers and Clippers are kind of like fluctuating right now. The Lakers have a really good excuse because like their two you know their their two main players are out, uh, but they'll probably be back at full strength by by playoff time, and you know that's that's a team that you want to avoid as long as possible, or you want someone else to take out. Uh, but there's a scenario that the Jazz could be playing, you know, something like Lakers, uh, Clippers, Nuggets in a, in a row uh, in the playoffs. And, you know, uh-huh. if you're going to win a championship and then your prize, I mean, if you get through those three te- Western teams, is the Nets in the East. Boy, <laughs> the Jazz oh, will win the championship this year if they, if they get it. Do you think, I, I don't know if I verbalized this or if I just had this in a dream and, or spoke it to myself one day, but. What 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 if what if the Lakers just continue to tumble so so terribly, and they look over and AD they're like you know what like 
he's he could be cleared and LeBron could be cleared, but do we just like maybe just pack it up and we come back next year? Do you think it's a possibility? <laughs> so is that, that over optimistically thinking like what they, I mean, woo, if they drop to eight or nine and they're looking around at their dudes and they're like, you know, you know, we just need to we just need to, we need to keep falling, just continue to keep dropping like dropping. <laughs> yeah, I think Logan, I think you forgot who uh, the number one player on their team is and uh, the ring chasing that he's doing. I know, <laughs> I know. Not a chance. Logan's the optimistic voice on this podcast, um, which is odd. That sounds like a dream scenario, though. Feels it feels odd here, but well, what, what, what if? Well, okay, let me yeah, let me rethink this. Let me rephrase that. What if AD can't get back though? I mean, what if AD is just like, dude, he's done for the season. Like, he just can't get back. Does LeBron take a look for a second and start to factor in father time, or he's just going to go? He's going to go. He's mm-hmm. going to go no matter what. I mean, for so like the thing is, the, the teams like they went and got Drummond, right? Um, and I was listening to Bobby Marks talk about like their cap situation in the next year because they're like, oh, how can the Lakers retain Drummond next year? And it's it's virtually impossible. Like, it's not impossible, but there are there would be have to be a lot of things that have to go right. Uh, including like Andre Drummond taking a, a much smaller contract, um, but I bring that up because like I'm a, this is a team that like hey like when we talk about all in the, the Lakers are all in basically like the team they have now they they didn't want to go trade for Kyle Lowry they didn't want to give away um, a, a THT to get Kyle Lowry like okay well that's fine like they're, they're they're but they're basically all in like if they don't do it this year a lot of things factors can go wrong um, uh, uh, in free agency so. They're they're kind of all in. They're, they're, they're kind of like pot committed uh, to use some more poker terms there. Uh, Logan loves poker, um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I, I, there there is a chance. Like I'm a, like I I know Logan facetiously tweeted that out um, one day, which is kind of funny. But uh, now we're verbalizing it, and you know, now we're talking about it. Like I I don't I mean, what is it like a one percent chance that happens? No, so I did say it then. I did put it out into the universe. Yes, I, I okay. think right. tweeted it out, but um. Uh, um, I, I, it's, it's unlikely, I think, um, uh, is, uh, is the correct statistical term. Like it's probably, um, it's as likely as Bohan returning to old Bohan this year. It's just not going to happen. Oh boy. <laughs> Shots. <Ooh. fired. laughs> uh, well, the, the thing is that like, I'm a, you know, I've never, uh, been on like a, the Bojan sucks because he's not playing well offensively. It's the, I was scared that Bojan doesn't bring enough on both ends of the floor and, or even rebounding. Like, I mean, we, we've seen how badly the Jazz can be if um, uh, they don't have enough rebounders on the floor. Um, oh, excuse me. Um, but, um, uh, I mean, he had, a, he, had okay, he had an okay game today, right? Yeah, he was he was solid. I mean, he had he got off to a hot start, you know, at three threes early on. I think that kind of set the tone. I think that's how it is with Bogey, like, He's going to, you know, have games where he just lights it up and does well, and then he'll go through his little slumps, and I think most shooters kind of have that. And, and one guy that we haven't picked on enough on this podcast, and um, that's, that's on me, like, I mean, not breaking him up, like, Jordan Clarkson has had some really, has had a, a really bad, like, he started off really great for the Jazz, had a really, what, great 10 to 15-game stretch where um, people just cannot stop talking about him, and for some reason, he has not been talked about enough as, like, boy, now he's just out there. Uh, I tweeted this out, like, how much I hate... Because I, I hate when Craig Bojack's like, oh, there's a streak. Matt, he got the streak, you know? And I'm like, I'm like, the streak is stupid. It's a really dumb streak of, like, <laughs> having so many games hitting one three. Like, it doesn't matter. It's not like an NBA... It's not an, it's not an NBA record. 
it's just a streak that they're they're keeping to like keep viewers interested. But to me, it seems like it's affecting Clarkson because sometimes I'm like he's just like out there chucking. I know that's his game, but I'm like, is that streak in his head? I don't I don't know if it is or not. Uh, but if it is, man, it's it. I think it's being it's a detrimental streak, you know. Like if it was broken, like if he didn't hit a three tonight, then he can start back tomorrow. Just going, okay, I'm just gonna take shots and not force. But it feels like he's forcing. But again, maybe I'm wrong. Logan, is, is Jordan Carson just playing his game, or or what's going on here? I don't think I think he's still just playing his game. I just think that the shots aren't falling. I mean, I think there's moments where he probably is. I mean, you can see in his body language, he's, he he doesn't seem to have the same pep sometimes. But I don't think he's playing any differently and the last time i remember hearing a uh, three-point streak three-point streak made in games it was uh, ray for alston so i don't know if we want that particular <laughs> company um but uh no i mean i i, I think I, I think there is start to be a there was a pretty gnarly group of people there was a lot of jc lovers last year when we got him there was a large group that was very much anti-jordan clarkson and i think they are definitely been waiting for their moment to shine again it's I, i've seen a lot more of the of what we've been talking about, which is Bohan and JC both struggling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the difference, the separator to me, and this is, and this goes to the question I was going to, I was going to pose to you guys, who is it more important to get back on track by the time the playoffs roll around, um, you know, Bohan or JC. And I think that, uh, I mean, he's, he's actually, he's had a, a, a it, it's been a rough stretch recently, but the, the, the majority of the first half of the season, he was good almost every single night. Um, and I think that that's I think that's the kind of the separator for me is is I think his role as as the sixth man is, is much more important to, to get us right and get him right uh, than it is with Bohan. I think, like you said, I, I you know, we joked about it and I've definitely like taken my chances to pile on with his poor play lately. But if you go back and listen to my takes on Bohan, it's similar to you. It's not a matter of him being a poor player. It's more that I think he's a repetitive piece on this team. And I think that um, I don't I don't think that the one we got and I think, uh, uh, you know, the last time I was on there with uh, Adam, he kind of said the same thing. And that was that, um, you know, the you know, Bohan is closer. He, he's not as bad as he's been this year. There's something going on there, but I don't think he, he's not going to be the guy we saw year one either. I think that was there was a lot of different things happening. And so I think that our expectation levels have to be adjusted with Bohan as to what we think good Bohan is but all that being said went in a big giant circle what do you what do you guys think we talked about the second half of the season you know not having a lot to get excited about I would say the one thing I do want to see is how do JC and and Bohan go into see what kind of things they can work out over the next you know 20 plus games but who do you guys see as being more important if you could only pick one gun to the head which one is more important for you guys to to get right from the playoffs and our, our run Hold on, I'm I'm, I'm uh, reloading my gun here, Uni Tracker. Okay, I'm pretty <laughs> okay. I'll I'll jump in on this one then. Uh, so, man, I'm kind of with you, Logan. I think Jordan Clarkson. I'd love to see him, you know, kind of get out of the slump. And you know, like we talked about the schedule, you know, in length, at length. Like, luckily, we have these games that these guys that are shooters can kind of get out of that funk and kind of shoot themselves through, you know, their slumps or whatever. Um, Bogey, I think. You know, he's good enough in the corner three that he's going to get his, you know, here and there. Like, he, he shot fairly well tonight. You know, he was 5 from 12 from three, and you know, he had a pretty good game. Uh, Jordan Clarkson, you know, took 15 threes, made four. Like, not kind of up to what we've been seeing from Jordan. But, you know, I think this just kind of also kind of shows the brilliance of, you know, what Joe Ingles does as well. Like, it seems like when one of those or both of those guys are having a slump, it's been Joe who's stepped up and, and been, you know, nearly incredible you know the last you know the last month I'd say of the season but I think you know back to your question I think I'd love to see Jordan Clarkson he's our he's our 
kind of our big punch off the bench, him and Joe, when, you know, when our lineup's healthy. So seeing him get back to normal helps us to really, like, we can just blast teams. Like, we can yeah. stomp teams if, if Clarkson is, is feeling it. Uh, yeah, UV tracker. I'm uh, okay. I'm not going to shoot you anymore. Um, yeah, but, um, I, I agree. That's what you're using the gun for. Yeah, when he got his head, like, I'm, it's, like, all, give it's, me all answer. it's all perspective, I suppose. <laughs> so, um, yes, I, I'm going to agree with the JC thing here because um, I, I, I get painted on here sometimes as a JC hater. Like, no, I just I thought that the, the thing is that with JC that he's not asked to do a lot of other things besides score, right? And so he's not doing that. I was like, well, I mean, that's you really only have one job, man. Um, but uh, JC also plays in minutes that, like, when Boyan's in, there's usually enough o- other offensive players in there that even Boyan just being in and not doing anything else besides just sitting in the corner is enough, um, as Logan loves to hear, gravity to pull everybody away from everybody else so they can score. But when Jordan, mm-hmm. he's usually in lineups that where we need that punch, right? So JC needs to, you know, like right now he he's he hasn't been a flamethrower in a while. He's been like a big lighter. And um <laughs> yeah, I'm great at metaphors. And so um yeah, so hopefully um uh, they can get Clarkson going back on because like I think those uh six man minutes, uh bench minutes that Clarkson gives us um are the sparks that we need to give to let, you know, Donovan, Mike, Joe, Rudy get the rest they need and not worry about like, you know, oh boy, you know, we need Linus with offense punch in. That's something Chris Sider's been very good at this year is making sure he has um, uh, certain people in at certain times to make sure like they don't just go through like droughts without scoring. Um, so yeah, so here's to hoping that we get um, uh, the human torch back um, uh, uh, by playoff time. Um, I had a thought about because like I know like it feels like I trash on Bogey a lot. Um, but maybe do. like um, uh, what why Bogey's not playing very well is because um, uh, Quinn Snyder has sort of like shift not completely but has sort of shifted um, uh, to playoff mode going okay we need something different in playoffs because we've seen the Rockets um, uh, be this great offensive team in the uh, in the season shooting threes but you know it's been not great in the playoffs so maybe he's directing uh, Boyan to not always take that because I feel like we see Boyan pass up those catch and shoot threes a lot to drive in, right? Uh, and maybe maybe that's what he's like. like Quinn's like, hey, you know, these games, I want you to like really get in the habit of like getting in there and giving the offense a, a, a different look, um, so it can still keep the uh, uh, the pinball machine going because. Um, you know, we talked about it with Matthew L. We talked about it with a couple other people. In the playoffs, the, the game plans change. Um, what worked in the season doesn't always work, and you have to be a little more proficient from uh, the mid-range and, you know, inside area than from three because um, uh, you can't always just rely on shooting 52-pointers a day or a game. Um, what, I mean, are you guys seeing that? Like, am I, am I crazy? Did I just make something up that doesn't make any sense? I think Sorry. Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say real quick, like, I know Quinn's not telling Bogey to uh, dribble it off his foot and get stripped, you know, four or five <laughs> times down the, you know, in a row. Like, it seemed like in that stretch where we lost it, it was like every other game we were losing, like, Bogey was just killing us on in live ball situations. And, you know, that's maybe playing devil's advocate that, you know, he is important to this offense as long as he doesn't make mistakes. But if he's missing shots, like, it's it's whatever. As long as he doesn't dribble it off his foot every time. That was driving me crazy. Right. 
uh, again, maybe maybe these are reps to like, like hey, yeah, like drop, you know, <laughs> put her on the floor, put yeah. them a lot now. <laughs> Logan, yeah. uh, I mean, this is a, just a theory I just kind of made up on. Uh, what do you think? No, I think it's great because I know we rarely get a question when we ask for questions, but we actually got a question on the Twitter tonight, and it was it was from at War Beaver, which is a very fascinating name, um, uh, <laughs> BYU fan. Um, but he did ask us as, as to what we thought the deal was with Bohan. Is you know he he initially thought it was his wrist, you know, but it seems like there's something else that's going on. Um, so it, we kind of we so so War Beaver. When you listen to this, we we backed into your answer. So my theory is he was never as good as we thought he was. Um, who who believes that uh, it's top secret covert stuff that Quinn <laughs> Snyder's got going on? And uh, so so uh, no so so UniTracker, what's your what's your theory with with Bohan? Do you think it's uh do you think there's it's still in, lagging injury, top secret stuff? He's terrible. You know what's what's your what's your take? I mean I'm no I'm no medical expert, but, like but I mean you think wrist injury like maybe for a shooter like that lingers a little bit? I don't know. I mean. I would. I don't know if you guys listened to Locke at all, but he was talking about how you know Quinn was trying to get Bogey looks, you know, during that stretch where he was just terrible, which kind of plays into you know, whose theory of that you know maybe he is just trying to get him you know look certain looks to help him develop or, or play into the offense somehow. But man, I have no idea. Yeah, because um, I don't, the only reason I made this up is because um, you know just uh, like maybe satisfy our need for like to see what's going on and then maybe we'll be all surprised because we, we talked about it, the playoffs are different and you need to be able to score from the mid-range you need to be able to um uh, you know do something different because a team's going to see you you know seven-ish times um and so you, you want to be able to like switch things up and if boyan can get going from because like there, there's a reason why boyan didn't get traded at the trade deadline right like we all talked about and you know i i know that people thought that i wanted someone at the trade that done, it was was a bad time to trade Boyan, I believe. Like, if you're gonna trade him, I think you should, probably should have traded him last off season. Um, but um, Boyan also, like, I've heard that the Jazz really like the spacing they have out there, and you can only get that if you have a Boyan level shooter, Mike level shooter, and Donovan level shooter out there. That's why Royce Nuggets so many open shots because he's the one that's to lead open. Even when Boyan's not playing well, when he's out there, uh, him or Clarkson or Ingles. They have that gravity that brings away, you know, people that leaves Rudy open on the roll or leaves uh, Royce open for a, a corner three. Um, and so th- th- that's a big reason why the Jazz didn't want to mess with that spacing. Uh, you throw Barnes and Gordon in there, and maybe the spacing's fine, but also maybe it doesn't. And so, you, you, you know, it was a, probably a bad time to mess with that um, that spacing uh, at the trade deadline. Um my yes. my, rebut- my rebuttal to that will be though that that's 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 the theory, but that he has to knock some of them down because, like you guys have said, in, a, in a, the playoffs things change and you're playing the same team over and over again, and they're going to make adjustments. And while I think Bogey has gravity now, if they've played two or three games and he hasn't hit anything, I think they start to make those sort of adjustments too. So right, so, it'll be an interesting interesting to watch it play out over time. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, I want him to be good. I don't think that any of us don't want him to be good. I mean, we want him to to be that missing piece or whatever he is or be. But be what we need him to be. I don't think yep. any of us are bitter or angry. Like if, if the Jazz win a title, we're going to be angry because they didn't trade Bohan. I mean, it, right, that's, right. That's not that's not what it's going to be. <laughs> to to rebuttal your rebuttal though, like I mean, if that's the <laughs> if that's what their their game plan is, like is to leave Bogey wide open, like that could be a good game plan for the Jazz. <laughs> like, it's like, it's like if, if Bogey is all of a sudden the one getting wide open looks, like eventually you hope that unless there unless there really is an injury or something, if Bogey's all of a sudden getting open corner three looks and he's the one. 
taking them, you probably feel pretty good about that, right? Well, he'll sidestep and wait for someone to catch up to him. So <laughs> he won't, he won't <laughs> sidestep. Oh, boy. <laughs> don't, but don't, don't, does anyone else still have flashbacks of Ronnie Brewer when Kobe played him in the playoffs and he gave him, like, 15 feet and just could not? <laughs> but, I mean, <laughs> I mean Ronnie no, Brewer not, was also not the proficient, proficient scorer that Boyle. Like, he's better, he's better so. at finishing the rim. <laughs> one thing about bogey too i think like he's he's a guy that could go over 10 you know the whole game from you know from the corner three and then hit hit a big shot to win it or, or get yeah, us back is. in the game or whatever like he's he's that kind of player so right. i think you got to just roll with him and help him to get through this slump and hope hopefully he's got you know he's got 20 plus games to figure it out and same with jordan and like i like you were saying one of you like there's no need to trade him right now his value is not that great and Yep. You know, he's we're not going to get anything better than what he could be. So, um, so real quick, last question for Jazz Unity Tracker for this episode. Um, so this Jazz team, like um, the way it's constructed, obviously, I mean, uh, including Matt Thomas, uh, I, you know, Illa, so, so real quick, Illa Silva's minutes in those garbage time things were really weird. Uh, I watched all those games live, like with the Memphis game, like he would come in as the first center for three or four minutes and then Quim to pull him to put Juwan Morgan in for the last four minutes, which, I mean, I get it, but also, like, why why Airson? So, that uh, reading tea leaves or making something up, I guess, is that I wonder <laughs> if the Jazz do find somebody on the buyout market, um, which we should probably talk about. <laughs> uh, real quick, Logan, um, buyout market. Uh, the Jazz fans have turned on it. Yeah, I think that, I think I love talking about buyout market as much as Jazz fans love hearing me continually talk about bogey. Um, I don't, I don't think, I don't think that anything's coming. I mean, who, who's left? Yeah. Who would be seen on the buyout market? Audio Drummond, LaMarcus Aldridge, um, DeMarcus Cousins. JJ Redick. Yeah. J, uh, no, JJ Redick got traded. No, he, got, he got traded. That's right. right. And, and he's uh, not happy about it. He's not happy about it. No, <laughs> he's not. He, he's, he's trying to get bought out so he can go to, so he can go to Brooklyn. It sounds like, um, but uh, like so, like so, but, but those guys all have like really big flaws, right? Like they're older, or they just didn't fill needs, and teams gave up on them. Um, and so, I, like, think, I, 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 think, I think Drummond might be the exception to that. I mean, I think that Drummond still got a decent amount in the tank. It's just kind of a weird situation. He's definitely a flawed player, but oh yeah, I, he's th- a, he's I, th- I think him. I think him landing in LA is probably the one that land, that fills the biggest need. I mean, right. a defensive guy and a rebounder and a big to let Anthony Davis play four. I mean, good lord. Um, yeah, that was that, that was that was the one that hurts for jazz fans. And jazz fans are obviously it was something that the jazz fans and I, I get why they're mad because like obviously the big the big market teams always win in this situation, right? And very rarely do small market teams like Milwaukee and the Jazz. Even though Milwaukee grabs somebody too, and I, I, I oh uh, Jeff Teague in the buy market. Um, that uh, you know guy again, but it, it proves. To me, that the Jazz and something that Logan has been talking about since the offseason are just so good one through nine that you know these other teams were not that strong one through seven. You know Blake Griffin, uh, Aldridge, those guys are gonna get menace in Brooklyn because they did not have a good six, seven, eight, nine guy. So um, uh, uh, there's a reason why the Jazz are probably gonna not go. There's a reason why the Jazz filled their last roster spot with a, a second round pick in Matt Thomas, basically. Um, and the buyout market was like never like Otto Porter Jr. was the dream, but also he's not getting bought out. So uh, I, I see a lot of people like really turning against the buyout market, but this happens every year, and 
next year we'll talk about the same thing about um, uh, Jazz not getting anybody uh, or I mean, it, it not being like the savior of the season. Um, it, I think the Jazz being good one through nine is actually really good, and it's hard to see the forest, um, uh, you know, or the trees when you're in the forest, right? But I think just it just shows that the Jazz believe in their strength. They believe. I mean, Mione. Hey, Logan, Mione had a pretty good game today, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to say that one for a whole other day. And it wasn't even like, again, some you think I know better all, by now on Twitter to attempt to have actual <laughs> rational conversations. It was, But, yeah, no, I mean, I, I, from what I saw, he, he he played well. You know me, I don't watch first half. So his right. epic, 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 epic loss or epic epic block was in the first half when I oh, didn't yeah, see yeah. it. <laughs> I mean, the Jazz 1 through 10 um, uh, seems pretty, like, probably more solid than everybody else. It, the problem is that in the playoffs, um, it comes down to, you know, who has the best three or four players, and uh, you know, it, it's going to be interesting. We'll we'll delve into topics another day. Uh, Uni Tracker, uh, it's getting late. We're going to have another episode. We have questions from from the fans. <laughs> um, uh, how about you come right. back and we, we have another episode? All right. Yeah, let's do it. So this is the end of part one. Part two will come up in a couple of days, guys. Uh, Dragon Squatch, do you want to do shout outs on this episode or next episode? Yeah, I, I can throw some in here real quick. Um, nothing, nothing too out of the ordinary. Um, I've got a guy. Uh, I'm gonna butcher the hell out of his name, so hopefully he doesn't hate me. But uh, Algin Tolga, A L G I N underscore T O L G A, always out there, always participating in in some of our jazz pod co-op shenanigans, and also my sometimes my uh, you know unsavory humor. So always a fan <laughs> of his. And I don't know why we have never shouted out jams before. Like, how have we never shouted out Utah jams? How have we never had him on the podcast? Like, I don't know. I feel like, <laughs> you know, he's just, he, he's like an A-plus dude. Like, not just on the Twitter, but he's just an A-plus dude in life. I get and, it. But, uh, I'm, uh, I'm telling Blue Edwards and Anna Kendrick that we have to wait, man. So, you know, it, I would, I would, you know what? You know, people people can big time with their Blue Edwards all they want. But I'm going to be loyal to my boy jams, you know. So, <laughs> uh, you know, no, but, but as always, uh, you know, uh, if you want your jazz pod co-op here, like Brian Priest said, we want to make sure the next one we have that full arena that that Uni Tracker was talking about that people are wearing co-op shirts and people are asking what that is. So, <laughs> do you want this dot com to get your jazz pod co-op here? And again, yeah, like uh, you know, and maybe we'll jump into it in the next episode. We'll talk about you know, I know Uni, you, you mentioned uh, some of the the co-op and what you'd like about that. So I'll leave that that be for now. But always, you know, anything hashtag jazz pod co-op. We made it up one day, and you know. Uh, you know, McCade and uh, Brian put out a really good episode. Um, uh, not as fiery as we thought it was going to be. Uh, I think they're saving that one for another one. Uh, and then obviously twos and threes, Mark and, um, uh, Doug, um, interviewing Blue Edwards, which was, which was a pleasant surprise. Jazz and Gal is great as always. And then of course, um, uh, you know, we, there's other, there's other jazz podcasts that are a little bit less frequent, but, um, uh, Jedi germs and, and Devin, uh, Logan said he listened to that one today so that was pretty cool so led yeah, to an it, interesting exchange with my ex-wife so that's always fun <laughs> <laughs> that is true so uh <laughs> anyway i'm uh stay part stay tuned for part two uh i that's it we'll see you guys next time mm-hmm.